This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I'm super excited about this episode because it's so necessary. It's so necessary. So you've already read the title, I'm sure, but as I sit here and I contemplate or have contemplated the gravity of a decision one decision i'm i'm humbled i'm encouraged but today there's going to be a lot of buckle your seat Sit down, get a notepad, get something to write with, because this is, this is some good stuff. This is some good stuff that I have, that I have here. I'm going to read several verses of scripture, several verses of scripture. We're talking about the high horse or the humble road, the high horse or the humble road, you know, You've heard the saying, oh, he's just on his high horse, or get off your high horse. We've heard it. We've all heard it. Um, But how often have we heard people talk about walking the humble road? The humble road. So Proverbs 11.2, when pride cometh. Then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Proverbs 16.5 Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. An abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 29 and 23 A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Proverbs 16:18 Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Galatians 6 and 3 For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing he deceives or he deceiveth himself. James 4:6 He giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Philippians 2, 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. And then in 1 John For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, 
what is of the world. Pride is of the world. Let me say that again. Pride is of the world. Before I go any further, I'd like to take take just a moment. Just take just a moment with me and contemplate the word of God that has already been read into our hearing. And let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful for the direction that you give us and the leading that you give us. And help us, God, to hear what you want us to hear, to have ears to hear what the Spirit would want to say to each individual that's listening to this podcast today. Let them be blessed, let them be encouraged, but also let them be challenged. Let them be challenged to live in a way that is pleasing to you, to live in a way that exemplifies Humility. Above all, let your perfect will be accomplished. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to delve into several of these verses of Scripture that I've already mentioned. I've already mentioned them. So we're talking about pride and humility. Pride and humility the high horse or the humble road. Psalms 10.4 says, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will seek not after God. God is not in all his thoughts. And I put a note here that says, The prideful disregard God in all of their ways. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. So it says the fear, the reverence, or the respect, the fear, of the Lord is to hate evil. If you love God and you want to please God, you will hate evil. If you fear God, you will hate evil. And then it tells you that pride and arrogancy are the evil way. And the froward fro, froward mouth are the evil way. So we should hate pride and arrogancy. Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with a lowly is wisdom. And then so here you have that contrast again you have that pride comes then comes shame so where there's pride there will be shame but where there's humility with the lowly is wisdom where there's humility there is wisdom 
Proverbs 13.10, only by pride cometh contention. Only by pride cometh contention. If there's contention, the only reason there is contention is because there is pride in the house. There is pride in the room. Wow. But the well-advised is wisdom. The well-advised is wisdom. You want to be wise? You want to be humble? Seek counsel. Seek direction. The well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 14.3 In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. And I put a note here that says protection in humility. When to speak and when to be silent. There is protection. There is preservation in humility. Proverbs 15.33 says the fear of the Lord, and so there you have your respect, your reverence, your desire to please the Lord, is instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. So humility is honorable. To be humble is honorable. It's not disgraceful. It's not distasteful. It's honorable. So it's wise. It's honorable and it's protection. Then again in Proverbs 16, 18 through 19, pride goeth before destruction. Here you have, you have your contrast again. Here's your pride. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide spoils with the proud. So, it is better to have nothing at all than to have pride. Than to have everything in the world and to have pride. It is better to be humble and lowly. Not to be less than, but to understand that we are nothing without Jesus Christ. And he is everything. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. So pride will bring you down while humility elevates you. Pride brings you down And humility elevates you. Matthew 11, 23 through 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy, And my burden is light. 
so meek and lowly in heart. Humility. Humility creates an easy yoke. Humility is burdenless. Because in humility, Christ will carry you. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At the same time came disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? There was a sense of pride. Because without pride, why would you ask this question? Who is the greatest? And Jesus called a little child, child unto him and sent him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, humility. I wrote humility here. Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So unless you're humble, you're not going to get into heaven. The prideful does not get into heaven. The pride-filled person will not enter heaven. Whatsoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Greatness comes from obscurity and humility in the eyes of God. You can think of all the different times when God pulled people from obscurity, from nowhere, from the back end of the desert somewhere, from tending the sheep, from the least of these, from the weakest of these, from the weakest or the smallest of their tribe, from the least of the tribes, from, and God creates greatness from obscurity, greatness from the humble, not from the prideful. God, The Bible says that God resists the proud. Oh, and we're going to get into that in a second here. Luke 14, verses 7 through 11. Luke 14, verses 7 through 11. And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms saying unto them, Thou art bidden of any man to a wedding. Sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. So he's saying, don't sit in the best room and think you're the greatest thing under the sun, thinking you've got all that in a bag of chips. Because there's someone greater than you. There's someone more honorable than you. There's someone that's better than you. And he that bade thee and him come and say to thee, give this man place. And thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room. That when he has that when he that the presence of them that sit at meet with thee. 
Although when he that bade thee cometh, that he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then thou shalt worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. And whosoever exalteth himself, and I got pride written here, whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased. And I put pride in capital letters under exalteth himself. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So you choose the less and get end up with the greater. You choose the worst and end up with the best. God will exalt the humble. I'm reminded right now of Abraham. When Abraham decided to separate ways with Lot. And he decides to give Lot the choice of which way to go. Our herdsmen are fighting and they're arguing. And instead of, instead of just coming to a place of agreement or I guess slapping their servants on the hand or whatever, he decided it's just time to part ways because our herdsmen, our servants are just not getting along. They're fighting, whatever. They're too much. There's too many. We need, to, we need to part ways. And so he tells Lot, you pick and I'll go the other way. And as it turns out, Abraham understood the golden rule of humility. The golden rule of, it's not in my own ability that I have what I have. It's not in the ability of where I am that I have what I have. It's not because the land is so great, the people are so great, the air is so great, or because I'm so great. He says, because my God is great. He understood that everything that he had came from God. God told him that he was going to be a father of nations. And then changed his name to Abraham, which means father of nations. And he had no child to show for it. But he had to keep saying that his name was Abraham, father of nations. And there is power in accepting there's power in accepting God's promise, claiming it and walking in it. That takes true humility. There's nothing prideful about saying, God promised me this, God said this, and then walking it out. Okay, so God exalts the humble. James 4, verses 6 and verses 10. He giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. 
Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. So here, perfect picture, but he, so who's the he that giveth grace? God. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud. God resists. He actively works against the proud. The proud, the prideful is actively working against God, but gives grace unto the humble. So if you want grace, humility is where you'll find it. And then he said, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall, who's the he? God, again, shall lift you up. So here, perfect picture that pride brings you low. Pride brings you down. Pride pulls you down. And humility exalts you. Because here, in verse James 4.10 says that he, God, will lift you up when you humble yourself. Consider the prayer, if you will, if that's the best, the prayer. Where it says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven. Or, well, humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. And I will heal their land. And I know somebody here knows something. Somebody that's listening knows something about some land that needs some healing. About some lives that need some healing. Humbles himself and prays. Humility will lead to a change of direction. Humility will lead you into the arms of a loving God. Humility is what got the prodigal son who was sitting in a pig pen decided that the servants in my father's house have more to eat than what I'm eating here. And humility led him back into the father's house. It wasn't pride because if he had been prideful, he would have rather eaten in the pig's pen than go back home and face his father. But that's not what he did. And the whole way home, he's rehearsing and he's saying, oh, uh, I, I should say it this way or I should say it this way. And he's just like you would if you were rehearsing a speech or, or, or practicing a sermon or whatever it is. And he's just rehearsing it on his way all the way back home. And he's getting ready to give his speech to his father. And his father didn't want to hear it. He just embraced him. That is humility. Humility was the boy coming home and ready to seek forgiveness and to ask for forgiveness and wanting to ask for forgiveness and repenting and making it right because we all need to make it right. So we're called to do, we're called 
If we have a gift, we need to leave our gift at the altar. We need to go make it right with our brother or anybody that we have ought against. And then we need to go back, pick up our gift and offer it back to God. See, humility is critical. Humility is critical. If you're prideful, you're not going to be willing to put yourself in a position that makes you look foolish. A lot of times when we've been wronged, it doesn't, we're not interested in it. We, we've got this righteous indignation and we're not interested in what they may think or what they may feel. We're just, by God, it's going to be this way and it ought not be so. It ought not be that way. Folks, we need to make sure that we are committed to humility. And humility will put you in uncomfortable situations. It'll put you in uncomfortable positions. And it probably will make you feel uncomfortable. But see, God resists the proud. I don't ever want to be prideful. I don't want to be prideful. I don't want God to resist me. Let's go. Let's finish this up here. First Peter, first Peter chapter five, verses five through six. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. There is humility in submission. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Okay. So we're not only to be submit ourselves to the elders, we're to sub subject ourselves or also submit ourselves one to another. We're responsible for each other. Pride says, I'm in it for me. Uh, at the end of the day, it's about me. That's pride. But humility says, we're in this together. I got your back, bro. I got your back, ma'am. I got your back, sir. I got your back, sis. I'm praying for you. And then it goes on. It says, for God resists the proud. Again, God resists the proud. So this has got to be very important. This is, the what, the fourth time that we've read it. It's important. And giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Wear the garments of humility. Clothe yourself in humility. And then back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For all that is of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Lust of the flesh, I have a note here, desire of connection physically. Lust of the eyes, covetousness, desire or possessions. And then the pride of life, the high spirit, the untouchable, the self-made, the self-appointed, the prideful. These three things are the works of the flesh or the, they're of the world. They're not of God. They're not of the Father. It's the pride. It's pride. It's pride. Because God resists the prideful. God resists the proud. 
each of us need to make a commitment today to seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God, not my will, not what I can get. John would say, I must decrease so that he can increase. That's humility. That's what it's all about. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to resist me. And I don't want to be in resistance to God. I want to be humble. I want to walk in humility. And I want to be okay with walking in obscurity. Because it's in obscurity and humility that greatness truly comes from. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.